Well, good evening and welcome to our weekly Bible study. And we're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews. So if you have your Bibles ready, if you please turn with me to Hebrews chapter uh, 11. And we're going to start to read at verse 8. So verse 8 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was unable to become a father, because he considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were lodging, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be re reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Well, God will add his blessing to that reading and we look forward to looking at it together and by his guidance uh, he will help us to understand it. Let's just pray before we do that. Our Father, we thank you again for your written word. We thank you for the fact that through it we can learn about the, the living word, the one who is your son, Jesus. And we pray that through these words we might see more of him as we gather together this evening in your presence. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, during our Bible studies recently, uh, in our leading up to Christmas, we've been looking at passages from Isaiah, from Matthew, from Luke's Gospel, and from 1 Peter. Now tonight, we will return to our ongoing study of the book of Hebrews. Now, it might surprise you that uh, last time we looked at this book was on the 2nd of December last year. And we'd been looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 through to 7. That's where we were up to at that time. So as a reminder, I just want to share with you how we finished that last session that we had way back on the 2nd of December. This is what we said. 
It wasn't his worship that saved Abel, it wasn't his walk that saved Enoch, and it wasn't his work that saved Noah. It was their faith in God's word that saved them. We worship by faith, we walk by faith, we work by faith, and we wait and watch by faith. We also said there that faith is right the way through our Bible, from Genesis right through to Revelation. And because of that, um, we looked at a verse from Revelation, and it was two verses, Revelation 22, verse 20 and 21, where it says, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. So the book of Hebrews was written to present the importance of who Jesus is and that it is through him, through Jesus, that we have access to God. And that is by the way of the cross. The writer refers to this as the the new covenant and we've been looking at that in some detail. But now when we come to chapter 11, we're introduced to a list of people who the first readers would have known all about. They would have grown up learning about these people. And these people, we can know about them from our Bibles, from the Old Testament. And the reason for them being here in the book of Hebrews is so that as we look at their lives, we will see the importance of who Jesus is, so that we and other readers of this book can see the need to have Jesus in our lives. Now, before we continue in chapter 11, I think this this will be a, a good time to read a few verses from Hebrews chapter 12. That is the next chapter we will soon um, be having a look at. But just for this evening, I think these few verses will help us because this is how chapter 12 starts. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So in that passage we have great things referred to. Jesus is the reality of these things. And these people that we are reading about are witnesses. They are giving us their story. And they're telling us to throw off everything that hinders. They're telling us to run the race that we are in with perseverance. What they're telling us to fix our eyes on Jesus. And they're telling us how he endured the cross. But it's also telling us that now he is sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, now this evening, let us turn back to that great chapter of faith 
Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8 through to 19 introduces us to Abraham, again a character that we know about from our Old Testament. Also, uh, if you read Paul, I think it's Paul chapter 4 and chapter 9, I think it is, you can read a lot more about Abraham there. Well, here, we're just going to briefly look at these verses this evening. So, verse 8 through to 12. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So, this verse here, it raises a question. This is verse 18, and the question I'm going to suggest is this. How did Abraham come to be walking by faith? Well, first of all, a command was given. Secondly, a command came from God. It was God who called Abraham. Thirdly, Abraham obeyed the command because he trusted the words of the one who had made the command. And fourthly, this trust was the start of his obedience to God. So to summarize that, Abraham heard, Abraham trusted, and Abraham obeyed. How many times in the gospel do we hear Jesus encouraging people to listen to his voice, to trust in the things that he said, and to obey the things that he said. Now this call to Abraham, it was accompanied with a promise. And the promise was never fulfilled in his lifetime. So he had a promise, he was given a promise, but this promise was never actually fulfilled in his lifetime. But his trust in God and his faith in God's promise stayed with him. That, those few verses we read from chapter 12, one of those things in those verses was a call to perseverance. That's what Abraham did. He persevered. That's what we are to do. Now, the call was to go to a place. The promise was an inheritance that he would receive at a later date. We've already been reminded by the writer that an inheritance uh, usually only comes into your possession when a person dies. Well, we read in those verses, Jesus died, and Jesus died for sinners. Let's go to verses 8 and 9. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him to the same promise. So Abraham, when he came to the land that his descendants would be given ownership of, Abraham, like Isaac and like Jacob, lived in tents. Why is that important? Well, a tent has no foundation. A tent is built to be mobile. It is not necessarily a permanent dwelling, or the place it is, it is kept in is not a permanent place. It's to be lifted up and moved. And they lived in this promised land 
intense as strangers. But the promise was still there. And Abraham, Isaac and Jacob still had faith in that promise. Let's read on. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. I want us to notice the words here. Notice the fact that Abraham was looking forward, not to a city, but he was looking forward to the city. How is this city different from any other city? Well, it had foundations. And God was both architect and builder. Can you see Jesus in this? Because that's what the writer wants us to do. He wants us to read these words. And he wants Abraham's life to be a witness, a witness to the power and the strength of who Jesus is. Come with, me, come with me to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So this is from the parable, when Jesus speaks about two builders, one built his house on the sand, one built his house on the rock. The sand, when the bad weather came down, just drifted away and the house fell down. But the strong rock foundation stood firm. You see, this is the foundation that our faith is built upon. We stay in Matthew and go to Matthew 11 verse 28. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus is speaking. This is Jesus saying, come to me. He's saying, you can trust the one who is speaking. He wants us to obey his call to come to him. And along with that, Along with that call is a promise. I will give you rest. Let's stay in Matthew chapter 11, 29 to 30. Jesus speaking again. Take my yoke upon you and lean on me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This rest is rest for your soul. Rest as you travel towards the city whose architect and builder is God. Now, with these thoughts in mind, let's just read on in Hebrews. And we read this. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. This is an essential part of the promise given to Abraham. And at this point, Sarah's faith goes beyond the natural 
to the supernatural, as does Abraham's. You see, they had faith in God's ability to bring about a miracle. And both Abraham and Sarah are finding out that what is not possible for man is possible for God. So gather those thoughts we've had already. Carry this thought with you. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus calls us to him so that he can give us rest for our souls. This, his offer, is to save us, save us from the punishment from God, a punishment that we deserve because of the sin that is in our lives. And we can't do anything about removing that. That's impossible. Now, when the disciples learned from Jesus that man cannot do this for himself, no matter how hard he tries, and this is when he was talking to somebody and asking a question about how he can how he can do this, how can he get right with God? And Jesus is pointing out that no matter how hard man tries, he cannot do it. So the, the disciples ask a question, and this is found in Matthew 29. Uh, Matthew 19, and it's verse 20, 25 through to 26. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. See, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how bad a person we are. If we come to Jesus... Seek his forgiveness. He can remove that sin by the power of what he's done and because of who he is. See, this passage here, like the rest of Scripture really, is all about hearing God's word. It's about trusting in what God can do and in having faith in him. And it's in us knowing what Jesus has already done for us. Well, let's go back to Abraham and read on in our passage. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, we're talking about Abraham here. And so from this one man and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. You see, this is telling us about the part of the promise um, that seemed humanly impossible has been fulfilled. So the promise has begun. And in verse 14, all these people, this is what we read, were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. You know, if we are Christians, that's what we are doing. We are looking ahead beyond this life into the life we will have with Jesus. And in the meantime, we are like foreigners and strangers on earth. We mention this many times. And these people, they saw the promise being fulfilled. They saw things unfolding, but they didn't see the promise completed. Not in this life. 
It's a possibility we might be of those who will see it because when Jesus returns, that's when the promise will be fulfilled and nobody knows when that will happen. But even after death, there is still more to come. Let's just go to Genesis 23, verse 1 and 3. Just read this little bit here. Sarah lived to be 127 years old. She died at Kirith Arba, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. Then Abraham rose from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites, and he said, I am a foreigner and stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site here so that I can bury my dead. I read that because it's relevant to the next few verses that we're going to read from Hebrews 11. This is what we're going to read. If they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You see, Abraham there, in a very practical way, was living as a foreigner, a stranger among the other people who were not God's people. They had not turned back. And they had opportunity to turn back. But they were faithful to the promise from God. This is an encouragement for us to keep on keeping on. Not to look back, not to turn back. Paul talks about this quite a bit about us not turning back to our old ways. Abraham and Sarah, they kept going on. And it says something about they did have an opportunity, but they didn't take an opportunity. You know, that's why I read that little passage. Abraham, he he sent a servant back to find a wife for his son. But he did not take the opportunity to go back. He stayed on the journey, the journey following God. That's the journey we're on. That journey was not easy. It's not easy for us. At times, Abraham failed because, like us, he wasn't perfect. But through his failings, through the difficulties of his journey, he stayed faithful. He had faith and trust in the fact that God would deliver him. In the next few verses, we have a very brief account of the time that God tested Abraham's faith. Now, the first readers of this letter would have been very familiar with these details because they would have been brought up, as I said earlier, learning all about these people, and the ones we've mentioned already, and those we're going to look at a little later on in this passage. And these details about Abraham are details that we can read about. If we read about in Genesis chapter 22, we can get a lot of information about Abraham. But what the writer wants us to see here is the sacrificial death and resurrection of Jesus. In other words, these are things like a shadow of what was to come. But it was a very graphic and a very real worked out illustration. 
verse 17 through to verse 19. And I said, you can read about this particular passage in Genesis 22. But the writer here is brief. And he's brief for a reason. This is what he says. By faith, Abraham went tested. Let's do that again. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. First thing I want to say here is this is horrible. This is awful. This should really make you cringe and think, how could God ask someone to do this? Well, part of God doing that was to show us the awfulness of this, the horror of this, because the reality of it would be the horror of the crucifixion. You see, Abraham's faith here was in the power of the resurrection. And it was his faith that led him to take his only son and to prepare him as an offering, knowing that God had the power to raise the dead. You know, God was never going to let Abraham carry this through. But he wanted us to see the awfulness of it because of what it represented. And God wanted Abraham and us to see that salvation would be by way of death and resurrection. Not the resurrection of Abraham's one and only son, but God's one and only son, Jesus, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice that would be the once and for all perfect sacrifice. This letter, which was probably written only about 30 years or so after Jesus died. Now, we know that Jesus rose again, but we've already referred to the horror of that occasion. So these events will be fresh in the minds of these first readers. And this letter was to confirm to them the reason and the meaning of the death of Jesus. Listen to what Paul writes in Galatians as we draw to a close for this evening. It's Galatians 3 verses 7 through to 9. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. It was Abraham's faith in the promise of the resurrection and the certainty 
of Abraham's final home in the city. The city of the one whose architect and builder is God. And if we know Jesus as our Saviour, this is where our faith is. Trust in the death and resurrection of his son Jesus and the promise of an eternity with him. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for these words that we've looked at together. And we know that we're not perfect. But, our Father, we know that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you can take these words, you can bury them in our hearts, and you can teach us, you can rebuke us, you can challenge us. And our prayer is that we accept the offer, the offer of salvation, and that we put our trust and our faith in the one who is the once and for all sacrifice, your Son, Jesus and we gather together in his name. Amen.